Hey guys, Josh here. Thanks for joining us for the special parenting series. Where we're talking about parenting in every stage of life from the book of Proverbs. And we hope today that'll be an encouragement to you no matter where you are in your spiritual or parenting journey. Don't forget to fill out that connection card online at branchlife.church and stay to the end for a special uh, message. We hope that you enjoy today's study from the book of Proverbs. All the places you will go. Congratulations, today is your day. You're off to great places, you're off and away. You have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you know, and you are the guy who'll decide where to go. Oh, the places you'll go. You'll be on your way up, you'll be seeing great sights, You'll join the high flyers who soar to high heights. Wherever you fly, you'll be the best of the best. Wherever you go, you will top all the rest. Except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say so, but sadly it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. But on and on you will hike, and I know you'll hike far and face up to your problems, whatever they are. You'll get mixed up, of course, as you already know. You'll get mixed up with many strange birds as you go. So be sure when you step, step with great care and great tact. And remember that life's a great balancing act. And will you succeed? Yes, you will indeed. 98 and 3 quarter percent guaranteed. Kid, you'll move mountains. So be your name, Buxbaum, or Bixby Abray, or Mordecai Ali Van Allen O'Shea. You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way. Right, well, we are parenting through Proverbs with a little assist from Dr. Seuss all along the way. How many of you have read that book to your kids at some point or another? Yeah. So, Oh, the Places You Go is actually uh, Dr. Seuss's best-selling children's book, by far. You would think it was Green Eggs and Ham, or The Cat in the Hat, or One Fish, Two Fish, Green Fish, Blue Fish. I'm not even sure if I got that right. But, like, this is the one, Oh, the Places You'll Go. And we're going to be using Dr. Seuss as a vehicle to drive us into Proverbs, which in a moment you'll learn is my favorite book of the Bible. And... I want to just begin our series by saying thank you to 12 Stone Church. 12 Stone Church first developed this series from Seuss to Solomon uh, almost a decade ago, and they've made it available to pastors and churches to be able to use and rewrite uh, for our own place and our own setting. And as I've been prepping for this series for about a year now, uh, two things have struck me over this past decade. There's been some significant changes in the way that we parent. Number one, technology has changed drastically and it impacts our parenting drastically. How many of you have used a screen as a babysitter? Don't raise your hand because people will judge you. That wasn't an option just a little bit ago. But now it's a reality. It's affecting our youth, our teenagers, our young adults, and even our parents in really radical ways. We're going to talk about that over the course of the series. The second thing that's happened in the last 10 years that has dramatically impacted our children is COVID. And what 
the stages of development are for one, two, three, four-year-olds, five, six, seven-year-olds, knowing that there was this two or three-year blip on the radar has impact. And so we're going to take some of these principles that have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, and we're going to apply them to parenting today, uh, and we're going to see where God takes us and the places you go. So as we begin, let me share a phrase that I wrote trying to do my best Dr. Seuss impersonation. And it's just this. Parenting is a wild ride. I just wish it came with a guide. Now, if you're trying to get somewhere from point A to point B, oh, the places you'll go. On one hand, going somewhere is easy because we have GPS. You know what that stands for? Who, got, who knows it? This is, this is uh, Trivia 101. Global Positioning Satellite. I just made that up. I don't even know if that's right. But that's what a GPS is. And I'm going to say it with authority. It's my, and so my, my, my phone tells me how to get to where I'm going, and I just turn when it says turn. Turn right here. Turn left there. Go straight now. And, and you're recalculating because you went the wrong way. And okay, we're recalculating. Well, that was easy. I got there. We do not have a PPS, parent positioning satellite, that tells us when to turn left, when to turn right, and where we're going to go. And when you're dedicating your child and you're thinking, I got 18 years left, 18 years as parents, 18 years, that's less than 8,000 days to do my best to release this miracle into the world as a capable young adult. How am I going to do that? With all the COVIDs and screens and dangers and potholes and upside downs out there. Well, God did give us a guide. There is a book, and it's better than parenting for dummies, right? It's better than what to expect when you're expecting, right? It's the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, you, you may or may not know this, was written by the wisest person to ever live, given that gift by God. And, and the, the author of Proverbs is named Solomon. He was a king. He was a great king. And Solomon wrote a collection of sayings called the Book of Proverbs that have been assembled for us and preserved for us so that we can live and take the godly principles that are in Proverbs, the wisdom principles, and apply them to our lives. One caveat, a proverb is not a promise. It's a different type of literature. A proverb is a guidepost. And when you live by Proverbs, it guides your life into a certain direction. It's the parent position, parent, parenting position satellite. And if you want to know when to turn left and when to turn right and when to go straight and when to recalculate, Proverbs gives us those principles. Listen, you can, you can follow those principles to a T and you still might get lost along the way. That's why they're not promises. But generally speaking, as you follow these principles, they are good, godly guideposts for your life. One of those, at the very beginning of Proverbs, listen to this, this is how it starts. It starts with the words, hear my Son, you know what this is the wisest man in the world saying? Listen to me, kids. Listen, I'm not gonna say this again one more time. All right, this is the last time. Listen, read my lips, right? And this whole book is inspired from the heart of a parent to his child. That's Proverbs, that's, that's the wisest man in the world setting out in God's grace to do his best 
to be a godly person and a godly parent to see his kids become godly people and godly parents to continue repeating that process. You see, the wisdom principles that we're going to find in the book of Proverbs don't just help us become better people, better parents. It helps us become better people. So you may be here today and you'd be like, I am totally done with that parenting thing. (laughs) That is way past. I am just along for the grandparenting ride. You can apply these principles to your grandparenting. So everywhere we say parent principle, just think grandparent principle. Maybe you don't have kids yet, but you have nieces and nephews. Then it's the aunt and uncle principle. Maybe you're hoping someday to have kids. Then it's the I'm going to be a parent someday principle. Maybe you're just ready to kind of apply this to the way that you interact with people in general. Then it's just a person principle. This is not really a parenting series. This is a wisdom series that's applied to parents. And so you can take these principles with you. So I hope you'll join us over these next five weeks. I'm going to let you know what we're going to be talking about over the next five weeks. And then uh, you can highlight that in your calendar and in that schedule. And that's something we're going to talk about a little bit later. But Proverbs 8, 1, 8 and 9 says, Hear, my son, your father's instructions. Forsake not your mother's teaching. Right? Mom knows what she's talking about, people. For they are graceful and garland for your head and pendants for your neck. It's the most beautiful thing you can put on, is to follow these wisdom instructions. Here's a guiding principle that will kind of guide our entire series. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And part of what we're doing as parents and as a church who have just made a commitment to help each other guide the next generation into walking with God, part of what we're doing is we're working on this training aspect. How can I be a good trainer? How can I demonstrate to a child in the way they should go so that in the end, they'll stick with it. They won't depart from it so that they can be more than just good human beings so that they can be passionate followers of God and, as a result, be good human beings. And so we, we are going to use this guide for us as we travel through the different stages of parenting. And here's the truth to live by this morning that I want you to walk away from it. And we're going to contradict Seuss a little bit today because I'm going to go with Solomon on this one. Here's the principle you're going to see today. Focus a little more on the person they'll be than the places they'll go. One of the things we need to walk away from as we're thinking about training a child so they don't depart is that we want them to be something. And where they go is almost irrelevant. But so much of our parenting gets this backwards. We often are more focused on where they're going than who they are. I want them to be a state champion. No, I want them to be a good person who is a state champion. I want them them to be as successful in, in their career I want them to to get there. No, 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 I I want them to be a godly parent. I want them to be a godly young adult. I want them to be a godly young lady who is successful in their career. And so we want to focus on who they're going to be. Now, how do we do that? Well, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about, starting next week in week one, the discipline years. We're going to talk about ages one through five and some principles that we can apply in those stages of life, when we're, if we're parenting one through five, if we're grandparenting one through five, if we're teachers of, of uh, preschool kids. And then the next, the, these are the discipline years, right? And in a moment, I'm going to explain what that means. But this is, this is the time where they just got to do what you say and don't ask any questions, <laughs> right? 
Then we get to the training years, verses six, uh, uh, years 6 through 11. This is all the way up till their pre-teens. The, the chaos of junior highs in here, right? The, the, the training years. In week 3, we're going to talk about the coaching years, where your, your responsibilities, they shift a little bit in how you guide kids. Then in week 4, we're going to talk about the friendship years. This is a large age bracket. This is 19 and up. So how do we parent? How do we connect with those that are out of their teens? And then in week five, it's kind of a bonus episode. We're going to talk about parenting a prodigal because one of the main questions we have is, what do I do with a strong-willed child? What do I do with someone who just won't listen? What do I do with someone who's just kind of doing their own thing and it's not a good thing? And we're going we're gonna to come back to that because that's a, a, a great conversation that we're going to have together. Really, parenting is developing leaders. And I've really lived by kind of a pattern for developing leaders, and I, I saw this pattern in these same age brackets. And here's something that I live by. This is a way that we've planted the church. This is the way that I've done teen ministry since 2000. Really, week one, we're talking about I'll do it and you watch. This is the discipline years, right? This is babies. I'm going to do it. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to make sure you keep breathing, and you just come along for the You just watch right? I remember when, I, when Delaney was born, and uh, for us as parents, we, we had a battle of undiagnosed infertility, so we never knew if we were going to have kids of our own. So seven years after we were married, we were able to get pregnant. Delaney was born, and, and I, I thought I had a glass vase in a baby. Like, I didn't want to break her. I was like, what do I do? How to hold it? And there was a nurse that came in, and she swaddled the baby, right? And I didn't know, what is swaddling? Well, now I know. And she grabbed this newborn baby, and she was under five pounds, so you all know, like, her head was, like, this big. And she grabbed the baby, and she's like, whoo, 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 whoo. And all of a sudden, she was snug and swaddled and content and happy and popped in the boppy and handed her over. And I'm like, oh, so more like a football. Like, I can do this. Like, I, no problem. I'll put him right here, and we're just going to go through life. And, and the, the baby, for the one through five, is just along for the ride. You're just, all right, here we go. And no, 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 uh, yes, yeah, okay, no, right? And then, you, no, no, I said, don't touch the stove. Bam, and I hit their hand, right? So we're just disciplining because we know a little bit of pain is going to keep them a lot from a lot of pain. We're not abusing, we're disciplining. Big difference. And we're going to say, hey, I'm going to do it, you watch. But now they're going to get a little bit older, and when they get to their training years through 6 to 11, it ch- our, our format changes. I'm going to do it, and you're going to help. This is where chores come in, <laughs> right? You're going to walk the dog and like it. Yeah. You're going to do the dishes. You're going to, and, and I'm going to train you on how to do this. I'm, I'm going to, I still have to walk you through the chores. I still may, may have to do it for you sometimes. We all know parents about rewashing dishes, do we not? Correct? Like, that's the training years. This is how it happens. I remember I had a bunch of preteens and and uh, just, just coming into junior high teens, we moved into a new house. We were uh, working with teenagers, and they all wanted to help us move in our house. So we're like, okay, you guys can paint the living room. So we repainted the living room after they left and, and got it all done correctly. That's training. That's the training years, right? And then, then you move into their teen years, and this, you see the switch. Now you do it, and I'll help. Now you do it, and I'll help. And so... I'm, I'm gonna, you're going to get more responsibility. You're actually going to drive the car, right? And I'm going to sit in the passenger seat. 
That is a metaphor for the teenage years. And learning this, teenagers, is going to be important for you to listen to these principles. Learning this is powerful. And, and teenagers are ready for more responsibility, and they, they beg for it, and they want it, and parents aren't really ready yet to give it. But you get to become a coach. This is practice. We're in the practice field. This is now they're in the game, and you're on the sideline coaching, calling the plays, right? Now we're going to get then to the final phase, and this is you do it, and I'll watch. You see how it's totally flipped around. They're 19. They're going off to college. They've got to figure out their meals. They've got to figure out their life. They've got to figure out their relationships. You do that. And my goal is to be able to help raise children who, when they become uh, 19 and older, they're, people, they're the kind of people I want to be friends with. And that's, that's shepherding a soul all the way through that phase. And then being able to be a part of, doesn't mean you're out, doesn't mean you're, there's not an important role for you to play as a parent, but you get to be a part of celebrating them as, as you do life together. And then in week five, we'll visit the prodigal problem. So let's jump into today, and this is the question you might be asking yourself as we just intro the series with our last final moments. What can you do right now, right now, to become a better parent? Well, just already decide to come back for the next couple of weeks, right? That's a big thing, so just to make that decision. But if you could focus on something throughout this week to become a better parent, what can you focus on? Turn your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 3. I mentioned earlier that Proverbs is one of my favorite books in the Bible, if not my, my absolute favorite I'm just a little bit of a practical patty. I just love practical advice. I love just getting right to the point. And, and Proverbs does that. It just gets right to the point. It says this is good, this is bad, so figure it out. And Proverbs is, is just oozing with wisdom. If I could choose any superpower in the world, I would choose the superpower of superhuman strength. No, I'm just kidding. I would choose the super, I would choose the, uh, the uh, unlimited hearing, right, in a canto, to be able to always know what my kids are saying, right? I just want to know everything. Now, if I could choose any superpower, it would be to make the right choice every time, right? That's Proverbs. So Proverbs guides us into making the right choice every time. And back in 1988, I got, the, uh, 1989, my grandmother gave me a Bible. And uh, when she gave me that Bible, as I was, uh, 1989, I was 11 years old. And she gave all the boys a Bible. In the front leaf of the Bible is what I have framed here. She wrote for me in the front leaf, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, in her own handwriting. Dear Joshua, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, down here, it says, Blessings and love, Grammy Park, Christmas 1989. The Bible has long since disintegrated, but this message has never left me. She began to, over the next four years, go into her battle with Alzheimer's, and even though she couldn't explain to me what I was supposed to do as a teenager who loved his grandmother, she had given me the best advice ever the Christmas before she got sick. Josh, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean on your understanding and all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll going to direct your path. I got mad, I got angry, I got upset, but my grandmother, in that verse, helped me through that problem. And so we visit very important passage to me today. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 1. My son, so it starts again, my son, 23 times he says this in Proverbs, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years in life and peace they will add to you. All right. So we're going to start our parenting series off by talking to kids. Why should you listen to your parent? This 
promise, honor the, your father and mother, which is one of the promises repeated in the New Testament, honor your father and mother is the only promise, is the only principle with a promise of a longer life. Right? It will literally add length to your days and years to your life. Not the kind of like, I wish this was over already, mom and dad, length of days, but the kind of like, you're going to get to live, it's going to save your lives. When you listen to the advice of your parents, when you listen to the advice of your heavenly father, and we often overlook this, it will give you peace. It will give you peace. Are you in a conflict relationship with your parents? And I'm asking this to every age. Parents, are you in a conflict relationship with your kids? Part of that is, I wish they would just listen to me and then they would have peace. And you're not wrong about that. There's a, there is a truth to this that, yes, my job as a child is to honor my parents. And P.S., that never goes away, however old you are. When you honor your parents, it brings length of days and peace in your life. You don't have to have that battle. You don't have to have that argument. You don't have to dig in your heels. But so often, and so natural, we do. Why? Because we're going through these stages. We want to be coached instead of disciplined, and we have to get that right. We do. But here's the principle. Honor your parents, even when they're not doing it right. Honor your parents, even when you disagree. Honor your parents. It's going to be super important. So my son, don't forget this. It's amazing. And P.S., moms and dads have awesome things to say sometimes. But then we get to the next verse, and it says this. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. This verse is the A number one principle for any relationship you find yourself in. Husband and wives, employee and employer, Coach and uh, teammate, teacher and student, friends at school, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it might be, this is the principal verse for having a successful relationship in life. And listen to what it starts off with. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. In other words, you need to hold on to love. And all of us go, amen. We're actually really good at telling each other we need to be better at being uh, being people who love one another. And the greatest commandment of all times is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? This love, there's faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is what? Love, right? And so we need to love each other. Well, what is that? This word love means self-sacrifice. I'm going to give of myself for another person. So brother, if you love your sister, you're going to give them, ready for this, the front seat in the car. That's true love. I'm going to let them sit there and I'm going to be happy for them that they are in the front. Let me give you some, let me give you, let me just give you some pro tips here. The back seat's actually better. It's bigger. It's more comfortable. You can lay down. The dog can sit with you and it's legal, right? But okay, then you're going to give them the back seat instead of calling it shotgun back seats, right? Love, self-sacrifice. Every parent understands this the moment they have a baby because now your life for the next, well, I don't know, five years is going to be keep it breathing, keep it breathing, keep it breathing, keep it breathing, keep it breathing. And without you, it's not going to breathe. 
And that's your job, and it's like all-consuming, and they don't let you sleep at night, and you have to get the meals together, and there's the swaddling thing. Let's not even talk about diapers. And, and I'm now sacrificing steadfastly and faithfully for this child to be alive. And, and teenager, that's what your parents did for you. You breathed because of them, right? Don't forget it. But they, it didn't just say, let not love forsake you. It says this, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. What are steadfastness and faithfulness? You know what those words are? Those two words are time words. They both could be translated something with consistency over time. Consistency over time. I can love you for a moment and then despise you in the next moment. That's not steadfast. I can love you today and forget about you tomorrow. That's not faithful. But steadfastness and faithfulness simply mean consistency over time. And so what is this verse telling us about how we can become better parents today? It's simply telling us that one of the things we need to focus on to become better parents is time. We need to focus on consistency over time. And here's the principle. What we do with our kids is far more important than what we do for our kids. What we do with our kids is far more important than what we do for our kids. Dads, you work all day to bring home a paycheck. And without that paycheck, they wouldn't have a bed to live in. They wouldn't have a car to drive around in. They wouldn't have the dogs that they will not agree to walk. They they wouldn't have the clothes that they are wearing. But kids will not give you that credit. What they need And what is far more important is for you to sit with them. They need you to have a conversation with them. They need you to throw the ball with them in the backyard. They need you to drive them to and from soccer practice. They need you to sit down and have a meal together. You see, moms, moms, this happens to you guys too, or dads, and you're prepping the meal. What takes longer, and we all know the answer to this, prepping the meal or eating the meal? I mean, sometimes it's hours. My wife is planning our dinners often like the morning of. And she gets the crock pot out and the meat's cooking. And she had to think about that ahead of time. And she had to buy that at the grocery store. And she had to know that's what she was going to do. And she puts that roast together, which is my favorite meal, by the way, if you ever have me over to your house. Roast in a crock pot with those soft carrots and some, ugh. And then bread. Man, man, I miss bread. So we... We have these meals, right, and, she, and it takes hours to get together, and then they're in the thing, and everyone's running around, you're doing your own thing, and dad's home tired, letting him do his thing, so I'm just going to do it, and then she puts it out on the table, and she says, dinner's ready, but you're not finished with the round in Fortnite, and there's still a conversation that you're having online, everyone kind of finally makes it to the table, and they get around the table, and one of them's going to ask, Will Park, can we eat dinner anywhere? And he's going to want to go somewhere to eat dinner. I told you about this the other day, and you're eating dinner anywhere, and, and, but well, the problem with eating dinner anywhere is... that means you're going to eat in front of a screen. And all of a sudden, mom, dad's watching the news, daughter's on, I don't know, Netflix, son's on Fortnite, and you're shoving in the roast beef that took hours to make. And you did that for your kids. But you know what's more important? What you do with your kids. It's more important to actually take the effort to eat together. Because... That 15 minutes of devouring the roast beef done together is going to have kingdom impact. That is steadfast love. 
and faithfulness. That is being able to say, hey, I want to see you. I want to talk with you. I want to pray with you. I want to put my arm around you. And the more time that we can spend together, the more quality time, it doesn't even have to be a ton of time, the more quality time that we can spend together, the better. So let's focus on times in the day where we can be intentionally together. This works for marriages. This works for siblings. This works for parenting. Be together. Kids, intentionally spend time with your parents. Parents, intentionally spend time with your kids. And, I, and let me just say this right off the bat. It takes work. It takes intentionality. So I phrased it this way for you today. Parenting is good. Parenting is work. Parenting is good work. Parenting is good work. So let your good work shine before men so they can glorify your Father who is in heaven. And it takes a little bit more effort to get around the table some nights. I get it. It takes a little bit more effort to ride in the same car. I get it. It takes more effort to give up work, put work down so you can get back together with your family. And let me give you one more principle. Whenever you say yes to someone else, you're saying no to your family. And so we want to say yes to our family as much as possible because time with your kids is so precious. And listen, that steadfast love, that self-sacrificial, you have 8,000 days from the day they're born till the day they're, they're 19. 8,000 days-ish. And every year you lose 365 of those days. So when you give a day to your child, that's love. When you give an hour to your child, that's love. When you give 10 minutes to your child, that's love. And that's what they're asking us to bind around our necks so that we can be better parents. So focus on time. Find some moments that can be, yes, you're going to have some nights where dinner is everywhere. That's awesome. But maybe you're going to have three nights where you get around the table or four. Maybe Sunday afternoons you get the whole family together. Whatever it might be. Time. Time. Focus on time. Now, the next one in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 through 8, 5 and 6, the big one, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. How do, how do we do this? Well, you just, let's just think about trusting in the Lord, right? I have to figure this out or God's already figured it out. Which one are we going to go with? And when life turns you upside down, you all of a sudden say, now I've got to figure this out. No, 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 no. God's already figured it out. And so I'm going to go with what God has in my life. I got a brand new baby and I don't know how I'm going to get them to the altar, right? God's already got that figured out. So my job is not to figure it out. My job is to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. And so I'm going to go with that. So how do we go with that? Well, focus on prayer. Focus on prayer. The beautiful thing about prayer is it gets me out of the way and put God in the way. It helps me to say my hands are off and God's hands are on. It helps me to remember I'm not in control, but God is in control. I'm handing him the joystick of life. And so when I pray, when I focus on prayer, I am intentionally trusting in the Lord with all my heart and leaning on my own understanding. So let's focus together on prayer because you will never be a perfect parent, but you can be a praying parent. And if there's someone in here today that needs to hear this, someone online needs to hear this in this moment, you cannot be a perfect parent. Kids, you need to hear me say this. Your parents cannot be perfect. And we cannot expect, we cannot put that expectation on ourselves, and we cannot put the expectation on our parents that they will be perfect. They are not. I am far from a perfect parent. Jenny is really close to being a perfect parent. I've got a ways to go. And so I have to realize that in my parenting, and every parent has the same problem, and every child has the same problem, you are broken. 
you are broken. You've been broken by sin. You've been broken by this world. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We fall short. That's who we are. And so how do we solve our imperfection problem? There's only one person that can do it, and it's Jesus Christ. So I have to put my brokenness, my broken trust in the Lord Jesus Christ so that he can be the one who carries me. He can be the one who carries my family. He can be the one who is the protector of all things. And so when I realize that I cannot be perfect and there's no way for me to be a perfect parent, then I've got to back off and trust God. Listen, the best and first thing you need to do if you're someone in here who doesn't know the Lord and you're trying to parent well is you need to follow Jesus. You need to put your faith and trust in Jesus. He died for you so that in your imperfections, you could be made perfect. Your, your unrighteousness, you could be made righteous, and you can have life everlasting with God. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son, his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You're not perfect, and you can't be. You need Jesus. If you've never accepted Jesus as your personal savior, consider that today. Maybe you're not ready for that conversation, but you're ready to start going, God, okay, I'll take a little bit of help. If you're out there, give me some help. And and listen, if God chooses, he totally can. And watch for God all along the way. Here's what you can do, parent. You can be a praying parent. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to, to let your kids catch you praying. I want you to let your kids catch you praying. Let them catch you praying in the morning. Let them catch you praying over your meal. Let them catch you praying in the evening. But be such a praying parent that your kids know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are loved and that they are prayed for. And when you are a praying parent, here's a principle to live by. A praying parent never parents alone. There's another in the fire. And no matter what happens, God will be with you. When you're a praying parent, you never parent alone. Last thing to focus on in Proverbs chapter 3 Verses 1 through 8 and 7 and 8 says this. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Are you tired? (laughs) Are you exhausted, mom and dad? Are you ready for some refreshment in in your bones? (laughs) The stuff that sticks with you? Well, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. We need to learn to focus on fearing God. You know, as parents, we fear a lot of things. We fear that our kids might get hurt. We fear that our kids might get sick. We fear that our kids might get influenced by the wrong crowd. We fear that our kids won't get good grades. We fear that our kids would marry the wrong person. We fear that our kids won't be successful in life. We fear that our kids might die. And if if that fear dominates our thoughts, it's going to drastically affect our parenting. The parent that fears the world shelters their kids. The parent that that uh, fears losing control becomes a controlling parent over their kids. A parent that is terrified that their kids are going to make the wrong uh, wrong choices becomes a strict parent. And when we start to fear the wrong thing, we start parenting in the wrong way. The Bible says over and over again, fear not, for I am the Lord your God. When you fear God, you have no other fear. And the perfect fear of God casts out all of these dangers, all of these doubts, all of these concerns that we have. And so we need to focus on fearing God. Here's why. Their tomorrow is determined by the God you follow today. 
Your number one job as a parent and your number one job as a person is to follow God. That's your number one job. That's how you become a better parent. And so we follow God and fear him. And the God that you follow today determines the future that you have tomorrow. And if you are not following God with a capital G, this principle still applies. If you're following the God of sports, that's going to determine the future of your kids. If you're following the God of money, that's going to determine your kid's future tomorrow. If you're following the God of comfort and entertainment, that's going to determine your kid's future. You want to follow God because that's the God you want to determine their tomorrow. And so go all in, parents, with following after God. And here's the principle to live by. They learn by watching you. They learn by watching you. Every single one of the parents that we dedicated a child with today asked that their child would learn to follow God. Here's how God's going to answer that prayer. They're going to need to watch you follow God. They're going to need to watch you serve. They're going to need to watch you give. They're going to need to watch you worship. And when you follow God, your kids will see that and actions speak louder than words. The parenting principle to live by for all of us is they're going to learn what kind of people to be by watching what kind of person you are. I should have wrote that one down. They're going to learn what kind of person to be by watching what kind of person you are. So here's some personal wisdom for all of us today as we consider what we should do. If I could give you one practical piece of advice and get really proverby on you, I would say in 2023, right, beginning of 2023, you need to plan your calendar based on who you want to become, not on what you want to get done. So what do I want to do this year? What do I want, what do I want our family to do this year? It's not where you want them to go. I want them to see Mount Rushmore, and I want us to go visit Grandma in Colorado. That's all great, but it's a little bit backwards. Let's see on what we want to who we want to be, not what we want to get done. Now, Derek Sanford kind of coined this idea, and he's a pastor in Erie, Pennsylvania, wrote the book Untapped Church. And at branchlife.church slash parenting through Proverbs, I'm going to be loading resources for you. And I've already loaded three resources. One resource is a message that Pastor Derek spoke on controlling your calendar. I strongly encourage you to go watch that. It's about 20, 25, 30 minutes. And you're like, wait, pastors speak for less than 30 minutes? Don't get that thought in your head. (laughs) The other thing I did is I put one of the books that I'm recommending, which is this parenting book by Paul Tripp. Love for you to get a hold of this. And you can find that information there. And if you need one and you can't afford one, you can have one of these as our gift to you at Branch Life. And then some of the other books I'll be talking about later on in our series there's also some podcasts that I would encourage you to subscribe through, all of them at, brand, uh, at Parenting Through Proverbs. Why? Well, you want to add those things to your calendar because they're going to make you a better parent. So what, what, what does this have to do with parenting? And is this biblical? Psalm chapter 90, verses 10 through 12, the years of your life are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80. You might get to 70 and 80 years old. Unless you're my dad or my grandfather, you're probably going to 100 something. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. It's a hard 80 or 70 years. They are soon gone and will fly away. That's not that much time. So teach us to number our days that we may get the heart of wisdom. What are you going to do with the less than 88,000 days you have to parent your kids? What are you going to do? Hey, do, what, do what's going to help them become better. Not that's going to get them somewhere. 
And there are four priorities. If I'm going to calendar, what I need to do is I need to calendar around their priorities. There are four priorities that I have in my life that are probably priorities that you have in your life. Number one, me, I want to know and love people. Or excuse me, I want to know God and love people. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's super important to me. So God is my number one priority in my life. So I'm going to put him in my calendar first. Then I, I want a, a strong and lasting marriage, which, by the way, if you want a strong and lasting marriage, you, that's hard, right? Half marriages don't make it. But if you make it a priority, you're going to then do things that make your marriage strong and lasting, and you're going to schedule that. Schedule that this week. Schedule that in 2023. Number three, I want great and godly kids. I want to be a good parent. And so now the other big priority in my life is my kids and how we parent them. Let me just give you a pro tip. Don't mix these two. Strong marriage is the best thing you can do for your kids. Don't ever get that backwards. It's not kids first, and my kids know this. Who I love more than anyone in my house is my wife. Laney and Will, they take a back seat. They're up there. I got a lot of love to give. But if it's them or her, it's her. It's her. I choose her. She's who God called me to be a husband to, and then he called me to be a kids, to be a parent to these kids. And so I'm going to now schedule in, around my priorities. I want personally to be excellent, an excellent multiplying church leader. That changes the world. <laughs> That's my mission. That's my calling. It's my work. And so I want to be excellent at my work. Whatever your hands find to do, do it heartily unto the Lord. So I'm going to schedule my life to make this a priority. And then the fifth thing for me, I want to live a healthy lifestyle, mind, soul, and body. And that's something that's been transformational for me over the last three or four years. And so those things then get countered. The other stuff then fills in. Now here's why I have a coin up on the screen. Here's how a lot of us kind of plan our, our Sundays. Hey, hey, honey, are we going to go to church today? I don't know. No, mm -mm. can't do it this week. What, well, okay, are we, where are we going to eat? Um, Italian. Yeah, Italian. Do you want to go spend time with, you, with your parents, or what are we going to do with the kids on? Uh, I don't know. And we're kind of like flipping coins and making decisions. Listen, when it comes to godly priorities, if I know that I want to know and follow God, then being a part of a church and being at a worship service is not going to be a coin flip. It's going to be predetermined in my calendar. I am going to be there unless God intervenes otherwise. Why? It's number one, people. Like, that's the priority, to know and follow God. The church is God's plan A. Well, then that's what I got to do. And by the way, your kids are going to learn by watching you. We've got to stop coin flipping our calendars and coin flipping our relationship with God. We've got to predetermine that that's what it's going to be. If I want to have great and godly kids, I've got to determine when to have time with them, when to pray together, when to eat together, and it's got to be set unless God intervenes. So here's the parental wisdom for all of us. Plan your kids' calendars based on what you want them to become, not who, what you want them to get done. What are we going to do in our calendar of our family life to help them become better at knowing God, at loving each other, and living for him? And that's what's going to go in my calendar. The other stuff is going to fill in. So here's some personal wisdom for parents. Parents, as you plan around your priorities, help them to know and love God. Help them to know and love God. So that's going to determine where they are on certain moments of the, of the week and the year. Help them to know people that are going to point them that way. Teach them to love and respect mom and each other. That's a big deal, the family relationship. That's number two. So we're going to respect each other in our house. It's going to be a big deal. 
love and respect, honor your parents. Teach them to be good learners and hard workers. Whatever God calls them to do, whether it's school or sports, help them to be good learners and hard workers. Another priority could be build healthy friendships. So what can I do in my calendar to help them build healthy friendships? And then how can I help them live a healthy lifestyle, body, soul, and mind? Our principle today is this. Focus more on the person you want them to be than the places you want them to go. Let me pray a prayer of dedication. Lord, as we think about what we can focus on on parents right now to help our kids at whatever stage we're in, help us to be able to focus on these three things. Help us to be able to focus on time together. Help us, Lord, to be able to focus on prayer. And help us to be able to focus on you, keeping you at the forefront of it all. God, would you guide us through this series over the next month? Would you help, us, uh, help it to help us in our homes to know you, to, to follow you, and to help those around us do the same? We pray all of this in your great name, trusting you with every step that we take. In your precious name we pray, amen. Hey guys, we hope that there's been something that encouraged you today, no matter where you are in your parenting process and during your spiritual journey. I want you to know that we are praying specifically for you. We care about you and we love you. And I'm glad that you've been a part of this conversation. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to fill out that connection card online. We'll be able to pray for you more specifically. If there's anything that we can do for you, that connection card is where to start. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.